Hey ladies, welcome to the Core 4 Momentum podcast, empowering women in pelvic health. In this podcast, we will uncover all aspects of women's health and pelvic health. This podcast is hosted by the Core 4 team, a strong group of pelvic health physical therapy experts who are passionate about advocating for women's health and changing the world one pelvis at a time. Stay tuned to the end of this episode to find out how to join our free private Facebook group of empowered women. If you join, you will have access to free pelvic health education and you will become part of a strong community of ladies. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey, Core for Momentum. Welcome to another episode of the Core for Momentum podcast. Uh, Amy Newberry here, a co-host. Um, today, I have the pleasure of having one of my best friends from college um, interviewing today, Elizabeth Ty Couture. And um, the reason why I want to interview her is because she's one of my closest friends and she's one of the first of my friend group to really venture in the journey of motherhood. <laughs> um, so a little introduction for Elizabeth. Uh, she, we met at, at the University of Georgia. Um, we were both in uh, the same campus ministry together and same um, Christian sorority. And that's how we met. Um, but Elizabeth is an early childhood education uh, major and um, she is amazing. And so thank you for coming on the podcast, Elizabeth. <laughs> thank you. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with you about motherhood. It's something I'm very passionate about. I love to talk about. Thank you for calling me amazing. That's like, you know, a big title to kind of start up this discussion. But yeah, thank you for letting me be here. Yeah, we are super excited to hear about your birth story and your postpartum journey. Um, so just to start off with, um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your birth story, this, you know, and everything that you've experienced through that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I have a really great birth story and the fact that it was a little easy for my first, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had a vaginal delivery and it was no medication, no medical intervention at all. And my labor was a total of four hours, oh, which is really short. <laughs> you know, I remember, I remember the day I like talked to you on the phone after and you told me all that. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> yes. So many stories, you know? Yes. And I would hear birth stories where moms would be like, I had a 40 hour labor or my labor, you know, I was, the, it took three days and I'm just like, I was, I started at 8 p.m. on a Tuesday and my son was delivered by 11.57. Oh, so on the 26th of March, 2019. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So basically for me, when my contractions started hitting at 8 p.m., mm -hmm. it was like nothing. And then it was like 100% and the contractions never got worse. So it was like under five minutes, just full throttle labor. It was so it was so painful. I was like, this better be labor or we're not having a baby. Oh man. So, and I was just like on the bed, on my hands and knees, just like, okay. Like I, I waited an hour at home because normally they tell you to wait. Yeah. And then at like nine o'clock, I was like, we should probably go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. How did you know? So, how did you know like when to go? Were you like, okay, now the pain has reached this level. I should go now. 
Yeah, well, my contractions were already under five minutes. So like that's normally kind of the sign. And I called the nurse with my local um, OBGYN. Mm-hmm. And basically they were like, oh, it's a certain amount of time. You know, does it feel worse? I was like, I, it just, I just kind of was like, this feels like it's happening. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just like, I remember just like, getting really kind of in my head. I didn't really scream a lot. I think that's, you know, a lot of times in movies, people are like, oh, they're yelling and like, it hurts so badly. I, I got very focused uh-huh. and kind of just like embraced the pain and just was like sitting in it. I got very quiet because it hurts so badly. I was quiet, if that makes sense. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I was just like in the car holding on to the um, handle and just like, like it's... <laughs> Just letting the contractions happen and just letting mm-hmm. Thomas drive the car, my husband, mm-hmm. drive the car to the hospital. How did um, Thomas uh, like respond to everything during that time when you were heading to the hospital? Was he like calm, cool, collected? Yes. <laughs> my <laughs> husband is a very even-tempered man. I'm very fortunate. And he just was relaxed with the whole situation. In the hospital, the midwife was like, oh, you're just so calm and relaxed about it. He's like, she's doing great. It's fine. Like he was the whole time, no panic, no freaking out about seeing anything just present. So he was too good. He was too calm, Ashley. He should have been, you know, a little more freaked out. Yeah, just a little freak out in there sprinkled. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was like, come on, this is a big deal. I'm doing work here. And he's like, you're fine. You're a champ. You got this. I'm like, so I accidentally kind of to manage with the pain, I... I kind of accidentally did like hypnobirthing without actually, I never took a hypnobirthing class, mm-hmm. but what I kind of did is I did this odd out of body mind experience where I was just like, not focused on the area that was doing the labor. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of focused like, Oh, I'm having a baby. This is happening. And I just like embraced it and try to relax into the contractions mm-hmm. and let myself kind of, it's a like counterintuitive because you're just like, <gasps> but like you want, you need to like just relax and let your body flow and open and embrace the, the baby coming out. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like if anyone, I have a sport background. So if anyone does any sport and you're training for a long time or you're running, it's kind of like you push through that wall to get that runner's high. Mm-hmm. You kind of get that mentality of like your body hurts, but you're still going. You're just not concentrating on your legs that are running or you're not concentrating on the weight you're lifting. You're concentrating on the goal. Okay. And that kind of helped me with my labor. That actually makes a lot of sense when you think about like, like running a race or, you know, yeah, any kind of like sport or like crazy intense, like physical conditioning. Yes. And I did a lot of mental work and we'll talk about that in a minute. Kind of just about like, we can go more into like why, you know, how to prepare mentally for labor. Um, How did you like um, prepare for birth and did you have a birth? I, you know, I always hear about um, moms having like birth plans. Did you have a birth plan? I did have a birth plan. I wrote one. It was kind of based on one based off my uh, clinic's website, had like an example, and I just kind of used that. But the hospital I went to, and I recommend this for all expecting mothers, just finding a hospital that kind of meets your mentality. Mm-hmm. For me, low intervention was important. Um, not As not, you know, not unmedicated, letting me move around, letting me eat, having the golden hour where you hold your baby, the hour after giving birth, skin to skin contact, like all of that was important. And the hospital I went to had all that already oh. and from like had all my requirements and my preferences of having like low lighting, letting me have a little music going, having a very just relaxed and open atmosphere as well. Mm-hmm. And for me, I really didn't want to have a cesarean um, because 
I just for some reason, the, you know, the surgery and being opened, I was like, I would like to do vaginal if possible. And so the hospital I went at had the lowest cesarean rate in Georgia of 12%. And that was important to me as well. So no, that's good to yeah. know. Like, good to know, um, like, think about, like, I know some, I have some patients that they don't want to think about their birth plan, but I think it is good to have some, I mean, not too strict of one, like, where you can be flexible if something happens and changes, but, like, have some sort of idea of, like, what you would like, if possible, and so doing your research and um, having an idea of that seems very important, too. Yeah, I kind of doing your research and saying, is this that a hospital kind of meet your mentality towards birth? Or yeah. especially your doctor. And your, like for me, I wanted midwives in my practice. Mm-hmm. I had my son at 25, so it was a low, I was a low risk of pregnancy. And so I just like knowing that and knowing what I wanted, I wanted somebody who was like, I will let you listen to your body and let you go with it. And so that I think really contributed to a, a very easy birth. Yeah. Well, how did you so. like, like, educate yourself like mentally and prepare yourself that way? I, I think it's good to have a few resources, but not overload yourself. I think sometimes you can really fall in that rabbit hole of like reading all the books and freaking out, especially during pregnancy. Like, oh my gosh, I read this symptom. I have this symptom now. So just kind of like narrowing it down to a few good sources was important to me and just like focusing on those. Because I knew if I like went too crazy and did a lot, so much research, I had to say like, don't overstudy. But like, you know, don't overload yourself to the point of panic mm-hmm. is definitely my advice. So mentally, I did one birthing class. It was okay. It just, you know, it was sometimes birthing classes be hit or miss. It was like a free one um, after work at my clinic. And that one was like, they had food. So that was good. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> the best part, I got to eat some food. And I don't remember too much of it. It wasn't super impactful. But I also did a water birth class. Ooh through the hospital I went to. And that was really interesting because I wanted a water birth, but it didn't happen because I didn't have time. Oh, because it was- there, <laughs> Because I, yeah, because I was like in the hospital, it was, it was very close and um, they were filling up the tub to do a water birth and I just never got to get into it. I'm, wow. It was funny. They're like posing it. And I'm like, okay, push it. <laughs> They're like, we're ready. So the tub is filling up and then you're like, okay, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing right now. It's happening. Like it's happening. So, I mean, of all the problems to have, that's a good problem to have. Yeah. So I listened to one podcast. I'll do a shout out to this. It's called all about pregnancy and birth with Dr. Nicole Rankins. And she just is very informative. She gives all, she's not very biased. She gives different sides about birthing and about pain management, about like just options, just very educational. Um, I really enjoyed that. And this is kind of my fun thing. I, I binge watched <laughs> Call the Midwife on Netflix. It's a BBC show based in like the 1950s, but like it has a lot of like videos of women in labor. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was mentally like I got to watch women giving birth. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of made it less scary and kind of made it like, oh, like, you know, back in the day, they used to do it in their homes. And so they were like all home births. So you got to see the complications and kind of just like watching the process. And it made it not as weird because honestly, I hadn't really seen someone go into labor before I went into labor. So I kind of wanted to like watch people do it in uh, a know, fun, entertaining way. That's a really good point, actually, because like me thinking back, like I don't think I've really watched anyone go into labor or anything like that. So that's a very good point. 
Yeah, I don't know. So if you guys just, you know, and I also like, you know, it's a TV show, so it's entertaining me. I didn't want to watch like birth videos of like random people. I wanted to like be entertained by it. So yeah, like actually, <laughs> sorry. Go on, go on YouTube and search that. And don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you really want to, you're welcome. Yeah, but um, that was not as interesting as that. But I also I learned about something. I learned about afterbirth. I did not know about delivering the placenta until I watched that show. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that comes out. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. I, you know, I didn't know about that until um, I, I took a, I took um, childhood development in, at UGA, actually. And that's where I learned about the delivering the placenta. And I was like, what? <laughs> I just feel like there's so much about the woman's body that even as women, you're like, you have no idea. Like, what? That happens? And this is how this works? And oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. It's a need to know basis. But it was funny actually delivering my own placenta. I, this is, this is kind of how it worked. I was at nine centimeters dilated and they were like, I was like, is it time to push? And she's like, no, I was like, I'm pushing. Like, I, I just knew my body was like, yeah, I'm, it's time to start pushing out this baby. And the, then I asked, I was like, oh, when, when does the placenta come? And she goes, I'll help you with it in a minute. I was like, it's coming now. And it just like, <laughs> it came out, like just this. came out. And she was like, what? And I was like, I just <laughs> felt it. I was trying to tell you. So, okay. Yeah, my poor question, midwife. Question about that. Yeah. Like, so when you're delivering the placenta, does it, what does it feel like? Is it, is it like the same as where you just delivered your baby or is it, is it just like so easy? It just like comes right out or like slips out or? It's like a slip and slide. It is so slimy and gross. It just pops right out. I'm, I have no filter. So just, you know, all, it just, it's, it's slimy. It comes out. It's really easy. It's much, I mean, you've already delivered a baby. Yeah. Okay. So you've already opened. Anything can come out at that point. Yes. Oh, I almost forgot. This is went back to the birth a little bit. Backtracking. But yeah, the hardest part was called the ring of fire, which is where the baby's head is crowning. Mm -hmm. And so the baby's head starting to come out. And so that's like the final push, which I thought was like one push, you're done because TV lies to you. Typically, it, it can take up to like three to five hours. Like it's crazy. Wow. Of course, it was me. So <laughs> mine took about 20 minutes. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So basically, like when it comes to the actual like pushing part, yeah, um, that could range from like twenty minutes, like for you, or like five hours for some other people. Yes. Okay. Yes. There's been stories about it, and the, actually, the issue is if the baby comes out too fast, you're squeezing out the ambient fluid of the baby. Mm -hmm. So my son came a little too fast, so he had ambient fluid buildup. So like, he had you know. The, the night of the hospital, they had to put him on his side to make sure he wasn't choking on the fluid. So he actually came a little too fast because it's better for them to get squeezed a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But one thing that was really cool is the midwife put a mirror so I could see his head. So that also helped me with that kind of sport mentality of like, oh, I can see the finish line. It, like that hurts the most, absolutely. But yeah. it's just like, you know, you're almost done. Just a few like five or six pushes or 20 pushes and you have a baby. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But also kind of like, back to kind of mentality about birth is I kind of, I was trying to make it normal. I was trying to say mentally, this is something women have been doing for thousands of years. Your body is strong. It is capable. You can push out a baby. Cause I mentally was going into, I not being non-medicated doing vaginal delivery. So I mentally was like, I trust my body to be open and able. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of like, I accept the challenge. I embrace the pain of this. And so every time I thought about labor, I think a lot of times we're almost conditioned to be afraid, to be yeah. fearful. Uh -huh. Like when you say labor, I'm like, <gasps> like they like close up. And that is 
actually makes it worse because <laughs> when you're afraid your body closes up and it can actually literally make your labor longer yeah wow I mean your right. body goes like this you're right because like you know your pelvic floor muscles have to open have to relax have to be you can't be clenched <laughs> which which is crazy because you're contracting right so it's like literally clenching and you're like wait I have to relax while clenching mm -hmm. yeah, well, like, yeah you know like your uterus is clenching but then your pelvic floor has to relax which yes. is yeah. Counter um, and yes. side in your body. Uh, what about like, uh, and the, well, little side note, that reminds me of like, you know, when we're going to the bathroom, like your bladder has to, to contract and your pelvic floor has to relax. When you have a bowel movement, your intestines have to contract, rectum contracts, but the pelvic floor has to relax. Yeah. Or nothing slows out. So just yeah. let it. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess for me, like, instead of fear, I would just think peace about it, like peace that I can go into this labor. Like mm -hmm. this is something that my body is made to do. Mm -hmm. And I am going to be like, oh, labor, like let's do this challenge. Yeah. And get like kind of weirdly excited about it. Like, oh yes, let's like climb that mountain. Let's see that view. Let's have a, let's freaking bring life with my body. Yeah. Like, that's how really, strong is that? Very like empowering instead of fearful. Because I mean, I'll be honest, like I feel fearful about it too. And when listening to you talk about it, it does sound more like empowering and less scary. Yeah, I, I think that would be so cool, especially as women to have that narrative in our brains that this is a powerful, amazing, like almost like a superpower. You can pop out babies from your body, okay? That's like, you're bringing yeah. literal life. Yeah, it's, it's like, what's my superpower? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I think that having that mentality of like, my body can do this. And like, I'm not saying if you need medication, absolutely, but just yeah. like, Kind of just being like, my body can handle this with an epidural, can handle it, you know, whether I do a cesarean, it can handle it, whether I am doing it on my hands and knees, whether I'm in a tub, you know, what, whatever your labor looks like, just know that you, you are strong and you're capable of bringing that and it's a peaceful thing and not something to be afraid of. Yeah, that's beautiful. Love it. So, <laughs> yes. And then, oh, yeah. I was, was, was going to tell our listeners just a little bit that Elizabeth has a great way with words. So <laughs> just a little side note there too. <laughs> I am a teacher. I ha it's my job to talk well. So, you know, I have no problem. I think it's, yeah. I also think it's good to like have a mentality of hope and optimism mm -hmm. and, and bring that into whatever faces in your life. And trust me, we all face some things, but then also kind of more into the pelvic floor side. Mm -hmm. I kind of like, I don't know if I talked to you before about this. I just kind of did stuff to help open up my pelvic floor, to be honest. Great. I don't remember if we talked about that or not. Uh, probably, I don't know, too long ago. I don't, I don't know if it's just like the TV shows. Like, I don't even remember where I got it from, but I was like, so I was like, well, I guess it was also kind of back to that sport me metaphor again. It's like, this is like the biggest marathon ever, right? I got to train. Uh -huh. So I was like, physically, I got to get my body <laughs> ready for endurance. So I chose to do swimming. I got a membership at a, at a local gym and I swam laps for like a good 30 minutes. So like at least a mile while you're slow summer, but all through while I was pregnant, I should have done it all through my pregnancy. I didn't really start doing it through the third trimester. It would probably would have been better if I did it consistently. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely the third trimester, I did like two to three times a week of just like hardcore long distance swimming. And it felt so good on my body, so good on my joints and really good for building up my breathing. Because you can't breathe while you, so you have to like, you know, practice your lung and your breathing and really good at just kind of like pushing through that wall and like getting that cardio in to kind of make me, my endurance very strong. Okay. So that really helped. And especially if you're in third trimester, just floating in water is like 
they call water the natural epidural. It helps to relieve pain. Mm-hmm. So even if you're just like, you don't want to swim long distances like I do, because I love the water, but you just want to like relax in not a hot tub, obviously, but in a pool, <laughs> you want to sit in the pool and float. It just, it feels so good in your body. And then I did a lot of stretching. I did the butterfly stretch and the cat and cow. And I would like literally relax my pelvic muscles mm-hmm. and just like embrace it. And then I would at least once a week sit in like a warm bathtub, not too hot. Mm-hmm. You don't want to cook your baby <laughs> and just sit there. And I would just like think, relax and just like relax down there, especially. So when did you start doing that? Like the, like relaxing in the bathtub? I did that pretty much throughout my pregnancy, oh. but I really concentrated again, third trimester when I'm like, okay, we're heading to the labor. I got to like open my body up. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my goal with that. And the crazy thing is I think it actually worked because the day that I went into labor with my son was a Tuesday and I got checked by uh, a midwife in my practice that morning and I was already six centimeters dilated. Wow. <laughs> to give you an idea, most of the time women going to labor can be like three centimeters dilated. And she looked at me and she's like, how are you not in labor? And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, just, just so, here. So relaxed right now. <laughs> just, I'm just, you know, maybe I had, I could have even had the contractions and like light ones and just didn't really feel it. Yeah. Who knows? But also several weeks before, like 38 weeks, I was four centimeters when they tried. So like gradually over time, I was opening. Wow. And so by the day of my actual, of my son's actual birth, mm-hmm. by the time I got to the hospital, it was eight centimeters dilated. So, which is why it was so fast. Cause you're like almost there. Wow. That makes a lot but of yeah. sense now. Yeah. And what? I actually remember several weeks before I like, I felt a lot of pain in my legs and my joints and my pelvic down there because my body was already opening up and that really helped. Yeah. It's a, Versus that, doing it all in one day. Just spread makes, it out. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. That, like why your birth was so quick. Wow. Because <laughs> apparently I was pre-laboring, if that's actually a term. I don't, I'm not the doctor, so I'm not medically, you know, I'm just going to call it pre-labor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not an OBGYN, so I'm not sure. Um, what about like, um, emotionally and spiritually, was there anything you did to prepare yourself? Absolutely. Well, as we talked about, we met through Christian authority. So for me, faith is so important and is everything. And I think it's just like, when you are growing a baby, there's so much you can't control. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you want your baby to be healthy. You want them to have fingers and toes and eyes and like have a spine that's correct and a heart that beats and all those things that like you literally have no control over. And then also with labor, it's just like, it's, it's so, it's, it's scary and it's different and it's new. And you just like, you pray that it goes well and that your baby's okay and, you know, alive and breathing and all those things. And so for me, I had to do a lot of like surrendering prayers and having my faith just like say like, God, like this is your child that you're knitting together in my womb. And I trust him with you. Like this is your kid first before it's my kid, because I didn't make the kid. I'm just the vessel that carried the child. And so I really held on to Psalm 139 that talks about, um, for you formed, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it for well. And be like, okay, God, you are knitting this baby in my womb. I'm a part of that, but you are in control of it. Mm-hmm. And then also personally as a Catholic Christian, I felt a really big union with Mary, the mother of God who like carries Christ. It was kind of fun because 
I was like starting to get bigger around Christmas time. And so, you know how you have like Mary, you know, and Joseph and little baby Jesus and you have like the big belly and I'm just like walking around the church like, hey, I like feel like I'm a part of this. <laughs> I feel like I'm a character in the story, the nativity. And so that was really kind of fun to kind of feel that connection of like, I'm a vessel bringing life. Woohoo. Uh, yes. And then also, this is a kind of a, whether what you believe, I cho- I've chosen a word for each of my children and my word for Matthew was peace. And so I would feel him kick and I would be like, peace, baby, like, which sounds really hippie-like, but it was really fun. Like, run my belly and be like, peace. And mm-hmm. I prayed peace when, through labor and through, like, breastfeeding him, I was like, peace go into you. And I'm like, giving him my milk. And the cool thing is, he has really lived out this word, peace, very well like he's a really happy peaceful kid he's not bothered by a lot of things he's very flexible and adaptable and like you know just kind of like pouring that into your child and like watching it flourish in them is amazing so yeah I've never heard I've never heard of that like having a word because people have words for the year but having a word for your child (laughs) absolutely I don't know just like words can be powerful if they're acted out on and you know given and lived out so mm-hmm. yeah um, for the new one yeah so i don't want this great yeah we haven't yes. even seen this yet on the on this episode but oh Elizabeth is pregnant with number two right now <laughs> yeah so if i ever feel ranty or flustered it's because i have a toddler and i'm pregnant so i have like double mom brain <laughs> yes so I'm like oh focus <laughs> what are we talking about back to birth here we are uh, yes, but for this, I'm pregnant with my second. We do not know gender yet. I have a idea, but we will see. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. And so this one, the word is hope. Mm. So every time I feel this baby or think about this baby, I'm just like sitting there like hope, which is very appropriate for 2020 and 2021. We need a lot of hope right now. So definitely. definitely. Yeah. Is there anything you would do different this time? Or do you, do you think you'll do the same thing? For just preparation? Yeah, for preparation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, definitely the physical stuff. Like, I, mm-hmm. I can't go to the pool anymore because just time and where my life is. But mm-hmm. I still do. I've actually been doing a lot of biking. So I have a bike mm-hmm. that I ride at least 30 minutes twice a week to get that cardio up. Mm-hmm. And then I definitely still do a lot of stretches. Okay. I will continue to do stretches and fast and stuff like that. But also, I kind of, like, emotionally, I haven't, as far as, like, research, I guess because I've already done it, I'm just kind of, like, relaying on my past knowledge. Mm-hmm. more than I'm like actively researching again yeah and then obviously still praying and still seeking out God to be like carry me through this because I have the extra challenge of this this pregnancy of taking care of a toddler <laughs> so just the fatigue of taking care of him while you know still taking care of myself and make sure this baby's healthy and good as well yeah it's just a, it's different I'm definitely I guess more relaxed I'm not as worried about it mm-hmm. as I was the first time because it's kind of like I have, I have experience now, you know, I'm an, obviously a birthing expert for having one. You're like, oh, you're, you know, you're more familiar with the process. Yes. I think the thing is I'm a little bit, a little bit like afraid that the labor will be more difficult because that one was, you know, a little ideal. So it's like, oh my gosh, if this one's six hours, what do I do? <laughs> um. Well, this is sweet and find out. <laughs> yes. Typically, though, they say that the second birth is easier than the first. Okay. And the midwife, during my birth, I remember her telling me, she's like, if you have another kid, come the night before your due date. 
just in case because they tend to slip out faster. So, yeah. So hopefully we'll make it to a hospital and not give birth in a car. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Elizabeth's pregnancy and her birth story today. I really hope that you learned a lot from it and that you feel very empowered from it too. Elizabeth had a lot of great advice about just being in tune with your body and um, not being fearful or scared about the process and embracing it. Um, Next week, we'll actually have part two where Elizabeth talks about her postpartum journey and she really shares her heart about what she went through and the challenges that she overcame and is still overcoming today. Um, So I hope that I will see you guys then and yeah, tune in next week. Thank you for listening to the Core 4 Momentum Podcast. We believe that the journey through womanhood is incredibly special, but also difficult. Know that you were never meant to walk your journey alone. If you are looking for a community of women to walk alongside you as we learn about our bodies and pelvic health needs from experts in the field of pelvic physical therapy, check out our private Facebook group, Core 4 Momentum. That's Core, the number four, Momentum. We would love to have you join our tribe of empowered women. And if you are a pre-PT student, student physical therapist, or entry-level clinician searching for online education and mentorship to become a pelvic health practitioner, check out the private Facebook group, Pelvic Health Kickstarters. Be a part of the next generation of pelvic health clinicians who will change our world. Lastly, be sure to check back weekly for new episodes and subscribe. Until next time, stay empowered, ladies. Empowered women. Empower women.